0: Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Swenglin's. This week we have the pleasure of a uh, young entrepreneur joining us in the studio, uh, Mr. Sasha. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Barry. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. Great to have you. Thanks for taking the time. Um really happy to have you here with us actually because uh, we met a few weeks ago first time wasn't it yeah it was uh, three weeks ago. three weeks ago and after that conversation very much wanted to actually get you onto the podcast because um pretty inspirational young man I have to say from talking to you in terms of what you've done um on our podcast it's really a chance to have a, a chat about yourself so let's start at the beginning uh where are you from and how have you ended up here in Dubai at this point in your uh, in your career well I'm originally
0: from uh, Switzerland I was I was born and raised there and as part of my education, I did part of my education in Switzerland as well as Canada because I was trying to uh, to learn English. And I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was 16 back in Switzerland with my first company called Emirates Graphic. Um, and I decided to uh, move to Dubai uh, four years ago in 2014. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. And what made you call it Emirates Graphic? If you're in Switzerland, and
0: well, country. the thing is, I was lucky enough to uh, to travel back and forth to Dubai uh, since 2000 with oh. uh, with my parents, yeah. and you know, I got to see how business works here in the UAE. And it was always a dream to uh, to open up a business in, in in Dubai, but I had to start somewhere. Yeah. And I was still, you know, doing my education in Switzerland, so I I started my company uh, on the side when I was 16 because I was still attending uh, a private school mm. in, in in Bern, capital of Switzerland. Mm. Um, and as soon as I got the chance,
1: at the age of eighteen, because I'm 22 now, yeah. um, I moved my uh, my offices to to Dubai. Okay. And why why was that? Why I mean, a lot of people hear about Switzerland and go, "Wow, it's a lovely country," and I'd love to go there. And say, why did you, having been there and starting with, why did you want to move away?
0: Well, to be honest with you, Switzerland is one of the most amazing country out there. But I would say it's, it's, it's one of the best place if you want to start a family. I'm, I'm not at the stage yet. And when it comes to business, people are very close minded in Switzerland in a sense that even if you provide the best quality of, of services, even if you stick to your words and you have the best team in place, the fact that I was young, the yeah. fact that I was a young entrepreneur, I mean, 16, 17, 18 at that time, was a big disadvantage. Yeah. And nobody would give me their trust. Uh, and as soon as I realized, mainly due uh, to my parents, because I was traveling back and forth uh, to Dubai, as soon as I realized how you know open-minded uh, people are here in the UAE and yeah. how easy it is to to build personal relationship with people uh as soon as i got the chance i i decided to move to dubai uh, in 2014 and to be honest with you it's been the it's been the best uh, adventure so far yeah yeah it was
1: cool so how did you go about actually um setting up the business here then so you started it in in switzerland and then the opportunity so how did you actually go about setting up the business on the ground here
0: well, I, I, started by, uh, setting up my business as part of DMCC, okay. uh, here in, in GLT. It took me quite a while, I would say a few months to, you know, move the stuff, uh, here in Dubai, because you have to deal with visa, you have to deal with immigration, you have to deal with a bunch of paperwork, uh, which, which is something that I, you know, wasn't used to back in Switzerland. Um, but it took me a few months um and uh, and and now it's been 4 years still in JLT yeah. I have the office based in in I used to have the office based in Swiss Tower in that cluster, why it's quite ironic. I was, <laughs> I was hoping to get a discount being Swiss, but it didn't happen. Um, and I moved to Tiffany Tower now three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's quite exciting. It's a new journey now. Bigger office. Yeah. Um, bigger team.
1: Bringing more people on board. Bigger team. Bigger yeah. team. And what, what's the core focus then for Image Graphic as a, as a business? What is it that, that you do for people over here? So when I first started
0: uh, the company when I was 16, uh, Emirates Graphing was, was a full-on marketing agency. We used to do websites. We used to do mobile apps. We used to do film production, digital marketing, pretty much everything. Yeah. right? But then I came to realize that good agencies, they have to specialize on what they're good at. Um, and based on the demand, based on you know all the projects that we've been completing for uh, for clients in Switzerland, we also had a few clients in Canada and now in UAE, we came to realize that that um, we're really good at you know designing and developing websites as well as mobile application, and we decided to focus on these two services only, and the rest when it comes to branding. Uh, digital marketing, film production. We have strategic partners, uh, strategic partners here in UAE
1: and we just refer them, our clients, yeah, uh, to use their services. Fantastic. And I think that's, that's a good lesson as well in terms of when I started my business as well, we tried to do everything and, uh, you can't do everything. You can't do everything really well. And I think specializing and then having partners is a really good way, especially here in the UAE because business is done based on trust. And if you say you can do everything, some people believe you because there aren't many agencies that can do everything really well uh, and so having this model i think is is a really uh, really good one and, and obviously one that can work very well on the ground here and further afield um speaking of which you're expanding is that right as a business so what happened
0: is as you mentioned earlier potential clients or companies in UAE, they like when marketing agencies specialize in specific services. Mm-hmm. And that's why I decided to uh, divide Emirates Graphic between two different entities um, with two different teams. Yeah. So we have Emirates Graphic now that specialize on, on designing and developing websites only. And we have a second division or a second entity called Powered uh, that specialize on designing and developing mobile applications only. So Two different companies under the same roof, but two different teams uh, involved in the process. Um, And when it comes to expanding, um, I've been trying to expand to uh, two different cities in the past, Los Angeles and and, and Singapore, because I've been traveling back and forth because I really want to have my company on an international scale. Uh, Los Angeles didn't work out really well because as a foreigner, it's really difficult to uh, to 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 open a branch there, so I would have to to find a local partner. And at this stage, I, I don't I don't have one. I didn't find the right one. So we went a different route, and we and we opened a, a branch in Singapore. Now it's been uh, it's been three months. Uh, still a small branch. Uh, there's only one person working there for me at the moment. Right. Uh, but we're just testing the market, and and so far it's 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 going really well. Yeah. Because there is one big advantage in Singapore, which is that the government, the Singaporean government. Um, help startups, meaning that when it comes to certain expenses of the startups, marketing expenses, for instance, uh, the government will help them finance 70% of their expenses, wow. which is a big advantage because as a company, as a startup, uh, the decision process is, is is faster because you end up covering 30% of, of, of the expenses only, which is much cheaper yeah. since the government pays 70%. Uh, So, so far, so good. I'm actually actually traveling to Singapore next week again to uh, maybe hire a few more people on the ground and and see
1: myself how it's working so far. Um, Yeah, Excellent. That's fantastic. And that's a big step to to shift into another environment. Um, What made you go down the route then of, um, at 16 years old, what was it that made you think that, right, I want to do uh, a marketing agency as such? What was it? Why that route? Why not something else?
0: Well I would I would say I would say two things. Uh the first one is that I come from an entrepreneurial background. Oh. Uh my grandpa was was an entrepreneur, my my dad was a successful entrepreneur in 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 Switzerland and and, and Europe and um you know I got lucky enough to to attend some of his meetings, uh, some of his conferences with, with potential clients and and I heard uh, I learned a lot from them and, mm-hmm. and and at a young age I realized that's that's what I want to do even though it's a lot of hard work even though Uh, It's hectic, a lot of pressure,
1: especially at a young age. Mm. Uh, That's the route I wanted to take. Um, When when it comes to so that's good from the entrepreneurial side, but why? Why was it the marketing agency kind of thing that was that? Because at sixteen, a lot of young guys are not thinking about business first of all, but they're also not. If they are thinking about business, they're thinking about you know, well, um, buying and selling something. Or mm. why, why marketing as as the or, or doing this full sort of agency remit at sixteen years old? What was the thinking behind that?
0: Well, it's, it's quite a funny story because I, I, started the entrepreneurial journey when I was 12. <laughs> I had, uh, I, actually had my own clothing line, uh, but I completely failed. It was a massive failure. I, I, had my own clothing line. I was designing my own clothing line. Uh, I was trying to find retailers in, in, in Switzerland, France and, and, and Germany to, to resell my, my, my clothing line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after one year of hard work, you know, meeting them, uh, always on the phone, I generated zero sales. Not even one, zero. A massive failure. So I ended up, you know, throwing the whole stock or inventory uh, to the garbage. And so that was the that was the first failure. And and then when I was sixteen, I remember my dad um, was interested on, on 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 building a website for one of his company called uh, called XXM. And at that time, he went to uh, three big agencies in Switzerland to to develop his branding identity and his website. I will not mention the name, but. Out of the three quotations, so just just to design, you know, a simple branding guideline and 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 to build the website from scratch, the cheapest quotation out of the three was the equivalent of hundred and fifty thousand dollars, wow. and and then I told myself, but how much does it actually cost to build a website? Mm. And as soon as I realized how much margin. And how much markup these big agency have just because they have their name and just because they've been around for the past twenty years, yeah. um, I decided to uh, I decided to 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 launch my my own marketing uh,
1: agency awesome yeah that's a great great reason <laughs> and it's so true once you see exactly what what it actually costs, and I think this is the very important business lesson is that this is the the whole way that things work is that well, how much does it actually cost me to do this and how much is somebody willing to pay. But then it comes back to this idea of value. Uh, And I don't necessarily agree that you can just charge whatever you want because you have a name. you still got to uh, deliver the value on that. And if you know that to build a website only costs, let's say, I don't know, let's say the cost is actually 10,000 dirhams. You can't, in my mind, you can't go into a client and charge them 150, 200,000 dirhams for that. Uh, You you, you can make money. You're in business. I understand that. But I find that bit is a little bit... uh, Especially in our industry, when it comes to web, digital and so forth, there's so many companies that are ripping off the clients that when you come to them with an actual genuine offer, um, that they find it very difficult to believe because mm-hmm. they've been used to and misguided in many cases. And this is something that I've seen is that a lot of the bigger agencies in some cases are misguiding their clients um, and they were used to paying big bucks for it. So they carry on paying big bucks, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that's where, you know, the next generation of young entrepreneurs like yourself coming in can help to demonstrate that, uh, to, to show that there is a, a faster way, a more fluid way, a more cost-effective way uh, of doing these things. It doesn't have to be the way that it used to be. And mm-hmm. uh, hopefully that's something that we're going to see more of from, from, from Eric's graphic definitely moving forwards. But um, coming back to your story then, so one of the things we do on the podcast a lot is we talk about resources. And just before we started recording, you you were saying something interesting because we've asked previous company owners and and established uh, entrepreneurs for helpful uh, resources that they might have used. Now, a lot of them refer to books, but you had an interesting uh, standpoint on this because you don't really read the books, right?
0: Well, to be honest with you, I've never read a book in my life. (laughs) Because, I mean... I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of, reading books. What I believe in is I, I don't want to learn from books. I want to learn from experience. Right. And since I'm young, I cannot learn from my own experience. I have to learn from experience of other people. And that's why since, since a young age, I'm, I'm always outside my home. Yep. You know, whatever event I can find, whatever exhibition I can find, whatever conferences I can find, I will go there and I will talk to as many people as, as I can. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very social as, as a guy, which is a big advantage mm-hmm. because you know you, you you can actually learn from people from yeah. past failure from from past success and you can and you can uh, and you can use these kind of stories and and apply them on on your own business journey
1: yeah yeah no very much so but do you think it's something that um can be learned as a behavior because you said you're quite a social guy anyway um and I know when we were talking beforehand you said that there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into building your business because would you say that you have a social life outside of business at this point in well, time? Well, the thing is, when
0: you start your business, you know, you see all these successful people in the States, in Europe, in Asia, and you think that being an entrepreneur or, you know, owning your own company is working less and making more. Hmm. That's not true. Hmm. That's not true. Yep. You know, it, it might be the case within, you know, 20 years, 25 years down the line, but to get there and to actually build a team and to actually build a name for your company, it takes years and years of hard work. Yeah it takes i mean if 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 you're an entrepreneur you you need to know that it will take uh you know 14 16 hours uh, of of work every single day wake up early you know come coming back home late and and it, and it's true that you know doing activities on the weekend or even going out cuz we live in dubai it's, yeah. it's, the nightlife is 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 on point well you know you have to sacrifice these things
1: yeah yeah it's so true and I, and i remember starting my journey in the having to sort of explain to a lot of my friends why I couldn't come anymore uh, I, I couldn't do that anymore and I just wouldn't have the time and, and some understood and some don't understand and that's kind of when you realise those um, that are going to support you on your journey and those that will always be friends or, but not really truly understand what, what you're going through because it's also a big decision for a young guy this is when a lot of you know 22 year olds at 22 they're like yeah I'm in Dubai I'm gonna go crazy and live the life Um Do you think it's just from your background that you've decided not to go down that road? Because the temptation must be there, right?
0: Well, when I first moved to Dubai, the temptation was there, obviously. Uh, But the thing is, I mean, if you want to become an entrepreneur, you have to find your passion. Mm. Because it's really hard to work 14, 16 days, uh, 14, 16 hours a day, you know, every day, if you don't like what you're doing. So if you don't feel a passion for what you're doing, it's, it's, it's really hectic. Yeah. And you will, you know, you will, you'll be depressed. <laughs> um, so a lot of people fail because they just want to become entrepreneurs because that's what they've seen on TV and that's what they've been reading inside books, but they haven't found their passion. So doing something you don't like on a daily basis for years, uh, can be, can be, can be really hectic if it's, if it's not your passion. Yeah. So first you need to find your passion, which, which can take a long time. It might take you 10 years, 15 years to find your passion. Yeah. You know, you can, you can, you can start multiple business, you will fail, you will succeed, whatever, and then you will find that one passion that you don't mind investing all your time in.
1: Yeah. And do you think that you can turn and this is a conversation that I've had with Oscar, who usually co-hosts this with me, in terms of turning your passion into a business. And the example that he gives is that he he's passionate about skiing. He loves skiing. He's Swedish. He's He loves being on the snow. But he hasn't turned. So then you would say potentially, well, how, how do I turn skiing into a business? Maybe I start bringing people to Sweden. I, I become a tour operator. Whatever it is, that would turn it in. But his argument is then that it wouldn't be his passion anymore because it would be a business. And so then he would lose the passion for the actual skiing because he's having to deal with customers and so forth. Do you, what do you think about that? Is that something that, that you think is, is can, can you turn your passion into a business every time?
0: Well, the thing is, you know, people associate business with making money all the mm-hmm. time. And it's not true because a passion, I mean, for example, a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, his passion is to cure people. You know, it, Regardless of the amount of money he's making, that's his passion. It doesn't matter. So you know, having a passion or or making a business out of this passion is 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 is, is it doesn't necessarily is something that 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 you should benefit mm. of. It should more it it should be more uh, something that you actually enjoy doing.
1: Right. Yeah. And do you think that if you enjoy doing things actually, um, when you provide value to people, then the monetary side of things happens anyway. Because if you're you're delivering a good service, then people tend to be happy to pay for that service. Because if you feel passionate
0: for what you do, people see it. Yeah. You know, people see a smile on your face. You will actually take the time to make sure they're happy, they're satisfied because you have passion for what you're doing. Mm. And eventually, everything is about social recommendation here in Dubai. Mm. So if a client is happy with your services, that one client will bring three, four referrals, and that's how, that's how it grows. Because the problem here in Dubai is that a lot of people invest a lot of money on marketing. They just collect money. They complete their project as soon as they can, cause, so that they can move on to other clients. And that's wrong. Mm. That will lead to failure eventually. Why? Because you should focus on the existing clients you have can be smaller. You know, you, maybe you can count them in your hands. However, these people, if you actually take the time to, uh, you know, assist them on their journey and, 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 and you make sure that their project, uh, go the right way and they succeed with you, eventually they will, they will, they will bring their referrals. And, and that's how you will grow as, as, as a company.
1: Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent agree. And it's so true. We, I run a small business and you can count the number of clients that we have, but they've been clients since the beginning. We don't lose them um, because we focus on them. We enjoy what we do as well. So I think that's a very important thing uh, for other people. Again, thinking about starting a business um, or just started that business is is to to think about how they can provide that value. Now, as we said, doing business here in the Middle East is, is different to anywhere else. As a, a young 22-year-old entrepreneur, you set up your business here. Um, have you got any advice that you would give to somebody uh, specifically that, that's looking to start their business uh, or has started their business? To obviously, we've just talked about the passion side of things, but is there any any advice in terms of the process for setting up your business here that you learned whilst uh, whilst setting up Emirates Graphic on the ground? Is there anything that you would say to somebody um, about that?
0: Well, the first thing to know is that there is a big misinterpretation when it comes to setting up a business in Dubai. Because okay. you have all these big advertisements that you can, you know, you can operate a business and you can start a business for 10, 15,000 dirhams. It's not the case, mm-hmm. right? There is a lot of hidden fees involved uh there is you know a lot of administration and paperwork involved and it takes time you know so if you don't have the, the 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 capital uh to support you uh you need to do some research before and the second point is that dubai is a massive city meaning just 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 like myself if 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 i take myself as an example as a marketing agency uh there are 4000 other marketing agency in dubai only Right. So you need to come up with a service, you need to come up with a technology, you need to come up with, with something uh, or an added value that differentiate yourself from other people. Mm-hmm. Be- because if you just join the industry with whatever your competitors are doing, this will lead to failure. Mm-hmm. So these are the two things. It's more expensive than people think. Yeah, right It's easier to start a business in Europe. It's much easier to start a business in, in the States. much easier. Right. And that's why there are many young entrepreneurs in Europe and the States, but they're almost not, uh, young entrepreneurs in Dubai, because it's really, really uh, expensive. Yeah, And then you need to come up with an idea or a concept or a solution uh, that people need and something that is different from your competitor.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, very, very good advice. And you said there's something interesting there. If you don't have the capital, how much do you think somebody actually realistically needs to budget for? when setting up a business? Because like you say, they get advertised that it's ten, fifteen thousand, 15,000. And some people might say, well, I've got 15,000 doing it, so that means I could do it. But realistically, how much do you think somebody actually needs to have, either from friends and family, savings or investor? What do you think that amount would be to make sure that they actually have enough to set up a business here? Well, the
0: thing is, to set up the business here and you know to have the rent for uh, for your office covered and you know all legal paper uh, and all hidden fees covered uh, I would say around 125 to 150,000 dirhams yeah. but at this stage we're not counting the salaries mm. we're not counting the visas we're not counting your time yeah. you know which 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 has to which has to come on top of that so in my opinion realistically speaking uh you know if you want to start your company with a with a small team of 2 3 employees you're looking at 200,000 dirhams.
1: Yeah, realistic. Minimum. Yeah, minimum. And then
0: you need to make sure that you break even within four to six months. You need to make sure that you have a solution for people. Uh, People will like the services you offer or the products you're selling uh, so that you can break even and start making money within four to six months. Otherwise, again, you will fail.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, very true. Very true. So, Sasha, you said, interestingly, that there's over 4,000 uh, marketing companies, if you like, so 4,000 competitors in the market space. And one of the things that you recommend anybody does is to differentiate yourself. So how does Emerix graphic actually differentiate itself from those 4,000, for example?
0: Well, as you know, you know, most marketing agencies, they build websites, they build apps. And nowadays, you need to look at the demand and you need to look at the supply. The problem with websites is that, you can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can build a template yourself, you can pay as low as $1 per month and you have your own website, you can build it yourself. Mobile application, we're not there yet, but we'll get there soon. Yeah. And you always have to differentiate yourself in a way that you need to add a new technology as part of your services that differentiate yourself from your competitor. And what we did is that we're focusing more and more, and I actually have a new team that specializes on that only, uh, we're specializing now on augmented reality. Okay. So building apps or websites as well, but more focused on apps that involves augmented reality. Augmented reality, just to give you an idea, I mean, you've probably heard about virtual reality, mm-hmm. which is adding virtual element into a virtual world. But I don't really believe in that technology. I might be wrong, but I don't mm-hmm. want to invest in that and you have augmented reality, which is adding virtual elements in the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good example, just to give you a representation, would be uh, what Pokemon Go did uh, last year, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. The application they had was an example of Pokemon Go. And a lot of, ex- a lot of companies in, in, in the States and Europe uh, focuses on augmented reality at this stage, but they only focuses on building games that mm-hmm. involves augmented reality. And now here, we are the first agency in the MENA region that, uh, that focus on augmented reality, not to build games, but to boost sales for uh, e-commerce websites or e-commerce um, mobile applications. Okay. Uh, let me give you an example. We just had this uh, this big client in, in, in Singapore now. They, they have an art gallery. Uh, they have an app for it. And most of the paintings they sell are around $5,000. Right. And the problem is, I asked the guy, the problem is, who's going to buy a painting worth $5,000 without even seeing it, mm-hmm. without even being able to see it on this wall? Nobody would do that. So what we did, and it's and it's live now, we we, we, we built this app that involves augmented reality where people can actually select the painting they're interested in, right? Mm-hmm. It will open the camera. They will point at any walls they want to hang the painting on and, and, and the painting through the camera will automatically... Uh, be adjusted on the, on the wall itself, so you get to see how the painting looks like on your wall, and now we can like augmented reality can disrupt any industry yeah. food and beverage, seamless restaurant. imagine taking out your phone and we're, we're working with a few restaurants now, taking out your phone, you, the, uh, you point you point it at the menu, and you get to see the plate how yeah. the plate looks like with the dish on it uh, so you can really disrupt any uh, industry using this technology, but but companies don 't understand that they focus on game even though you can actually boost sales with this technology. And that's what we're focusing on now.
1: And that's what differentiates us as a, as a marketing agency. Yeah, that's amazing. And how are you sort of getting... Because this sounds like it's a, an education thing. The companies have seen it work for Pokemon Go, and now they're following that route. How is it that we can help those companies understand that there's a much better use for it? Or how are you going about that at the moment? Is it just sort of knocking on doors and, and, and showing people? Or is there a... Uh, do you believe it's an education thing to to get people to understand there's such a massive opportunity there?
0: Well, it it is a new it is a new market mm-hmm. and and people are not aware of it. And what I do is I'm I'm lucky enough that I found this guy in in, in Singapore that, that trusted me with this technology. Um, and, and, and we can use them as a first case study. And we're working with a different restaurant now in Dubai, but I cannot, I cannot say the name. Um, and we're pretty much contributing to the cost of development so that we can also use this as a, as a, as a, as a case study. Uh, so now we use the, the example in, in, in Singapore. We'll be using the example here in Dubai within the next two weeks. I would say we're, we're almost there. And then once you have these two case studies, uh, we, can, we, can, we can showcase that to, to future potential clients and uh, it will help them understand how beneficial this technology could be um, for their industry. Yeah. But it's true, augmented reality is expensive. It requires mm-hmm. a lot of development, it requires a lot of resources, but it's worth it.
1: Yeah, I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing, again, for, I, I, from from the background that I have, just to talk to you, to hear the enthusiasm, to to hear how you're going uh, along your journey, and also to, to, to share. The whole point of this podcast is to share. And so... I, I really just want to say, Tasha, thank you very much for coming in. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I hope to carry on speaking with you uh, at many other occasions in the future. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.